Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Nope, false again. And uh, yeah, I'm in London. We are in London. I'm sitting, I don't even know where I am, <laughs> but I'm sitting in a room that's got a chessboard on the coffee table, but not just any chessboard. That's like all, does that hand carved? It looks like jade. Yeah, it looks it's like it. some kind of stone. It's very, it's very unique, very so pretty. We got like a stone chessboard. We have a scapula and a humerus. So we got a glenohumeral joint. I can't see what's going there's on. There's a knee joint there. over knee here. Knee joint on the table. A little skull. Yeah. Skull piggy bank. Wow. There's a lot of stuff going on this here. This is an I eclectic like room. A... Yeah. There's a microwave behind you. I know. That seems random in here. I was wondering why he has a, a microwave <laughs> here. But hey. Well, hey everyone. It's Amanda. And as Mark said, we're in London still. We've been here. Here today meeting with some cool therapists and we are just sort of using this space none of us live here we're in an older home in London and we're sitting here with Corey another RMT that we wanted to connect with because she does some cool stuff she travels around she works in different places and uh, just recently bought a house, so she might be staying put for a little while longer. <laughs> big commitments, big commitments. Is, this the, is that the biggest commitment that you've had so far in your life? The only commitment I've had this far in my life. Like, oh, all right. <laughs> pretty much. So uh, we met Corey years ago because she took a few courses through Con Ed. And um, through the magic of social media, we discovered that, hey, this girl does some cool stuff. So Shoot. thanks for letting us hang out with you in oh, whomever's you. house this is. And uh, why don't you introduce Gord. yourself to everyone? Yeah, my name's Corey. I'm a registered massage therapist. I graduated from the amazing Lampton College back in 2014 and have just kind of been working and traveling ever since, enjoying my time and feeling blessed to be a massage therapist that allows me to travel and make money. Nice. That's why we wanted to have you on because I've seen some of the places that you've been traveling to on social media and I was like, do you travel and work as an RMT? Yeah, it's been it's been pretty sweet and like you're not always working at the places you want to. Like a lot of the spots I go are, are spas, but that's just because it's super easy to travel. You make good money and they do everything for you, right? They book you full and you don't have to mm -hmm. worry about sheets any of that stuff. So it's been, yeah, pretty good. And you're young. You have your whole life to do, you know, the clinic thing and create the exactly. business that you want to do. I think I would have done the same as you had I graduated massage school so young. Just, right. you know, test out a bunch of things. But by the time I graduated, I was, you know, I was smelling 30. I needed to right. do something. That's scary. And that was the thing. I was like That's 18. scary. I love it. <laughs> I was 18 when I graduated college with my career. So, and like a lot of people that took the course, it was their second career. So same thing. They were nearing 30s and they needed to get settled and they wanted to buy their houses. So they were getting involved in clinics and stuff mm -hmm. and scared the crap out of me. Like I just didn't want to get involved in that. And yeah, because when we first met, you were telling me how like locums were your kind of thing, right? right? So that way you can just kind of be in a place for a short amount of time, relatively short, and you're not really committed to, to a place. Yeah, and I didn't necessarily know what kind of work I wanted to do. So the first locum I picked up was a six-month six month maternity leave at a, a doctor's office with a Cairo and other health practitioners like doctors and mm -hmm. very interesting, but it necessarily wasn't my cup of tea. Yeah. Um, and then as I moved on, I was kind of figuring out the clientele that I liked and the like buildings I like to work in and the people I like to work with. So it was a good opportunity to kind of feel feel out the profession and the different paths I could take. Yeah, and I think that's great because even going to university, I've had I've made this argument a few times that like it's 17, 18 is too young to know what you want to do with your life. Like, I mean, good for you for getting into a career that ultimately you you love now and mm -hmm. it worked out for you. But I think at 17, 18, people have no idea what direction yeah. they want to go in. So coming out of school that young go and see what, what there is, you know, right. instead of, like you said, signing a five-year lease on a clinic and then being like, oh shit, this is not really where I want to be. Right. And, and that was the thing. I wasn't like coming out of high school. I wasn't even like, oh, I want to be a massage therapist. Like it was, I didn't want to spend four years at university doing something I didn't know if I would like. Mm -hmm. And so I just, out of luck, applied for this program. And as soon as I started, just fell in love with it. 
100% never looked back. When you say out of luck, tell me tell me what that looks like. Like what makes you kind of just comb through college uh, college programs and say, you know what, this one. Right. Well, I knew, I knew that I wanted to do something with anatomy. I've always been very involved in sports. So I was looking at kinesiology programs at university and kind of looking at the the requirements through those courses so the anatomy courses and the physiology and just ended up looking at Lambton College and and saw massage therapy it had the anatomy had the physiology had the exercise science pieces and just did it not even thinking that I was actually going to do it and then I got accepted and was like all right right let's do this yeah so tell us a little bit about school what was it like for you what you liked about it what you didn't like about it that sort of thing oh see like it's A little bit of a struggle to explain because I feel like my class, we lucked out so hard. Like we had the best people. We had so much fun Mm -hmm. having the professors that we had. They just made the environment. We we turned into a family within the first semester. And did you meet your current partner at school? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we, um, he was one of like the the three, four males that we had in our class and we got along very well because I was settling into a class of 30 females when... (laughs) It was not really my scene, but um, yeah, we just clicked and during our class breaks, we would go to the gym and we'd play basketball and that's kind of how we got to where we are. But um, yeah, my class, like just the most amazing people, everybody was there for each other. No one was competing in like an aggressive manner. We all helped each other out. We'd be in the lab till 2 a.m. studying with each other. And if we got it, but one person didn't, we'd all stay and help that one person until we all understood. That's awesome. That's the way it should be. That's the way it should be. Yeah, exactly. And same with our professors, like they bent over backwards to make sure we got what we needed. And Was your class then a lot of second careers or was your class a lot of straight out of high school? I feel like there were only a handful of people straight out of high school. Okay. Um, a lot were like early 20s, mid 20s. Gotcha. Um, and then there were a couple 30, 40 year olds um, that just... Yeah, because that yeah. seems like a young people thing to really kind of buckle down, study together, 2 a.m. still right. like that's, that's Yeah, because the, the... the people in their 30s and 40s that possibly have families and whatnot, they can't do that. They have to go home. Right. And that was a majority of my class was older people. I was actually one of the youngest. And when I started, I think I was 26, 27. And where were you at? Where and you? where was I at? I went to a private college in Toronto. Okay. I, I, I was actually working there. That's how I ended up as a student there. And majority of the people in my class were much older. Right. So yeah, we didn't, you know, we didn't really hang out outside of class. Mm. And I don't feel like I missed out because I had that experience here in London when I went to Western. Like I, you know, I did the socializing aspect of it. Yeah. So that was okay. But yeah, when I hear about people in their massage school get, having that similar experience that I feel like I had at university, I'm like, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Yeah. Because it just makes you that much more excited about the career too, because right. you're enjoying learning about it. Yeah. And we still, we still get together every year, like Gord, who used to teach at Lambton now teaches at Fanshawe. So we pretty much usually probably about 15 to 20 people of the class help out with OSCE prep and oh, nice. then we have a big party oh, that's after. So good. Yeah, like we're all st- and we all still work together around in Sarnia and very close still five years later. So it's we're pretty lucky that I, we got the class we got. That's awesome. Live in the yeah. dream. Yeah, really. Though. It is true. That is living the dream. Like when I was in school, there's probably about 35 in our class. I mean, I'm still pretty close with maybe two or three of those people yeah. 15 years later. I feel like massage therapy is one of those places, if you make those connections, they're long lasting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Right? You have seen each other naked at some point. <laughs> right. <laughs> Everybody's touching everybody. Yep. Exactly. Well, yeah. and in a profession that we've mentioned numerous times is somewhat isolating. It's nice to know that you have people who completely understand what mm-hmm. you do day to day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and it helps too because a lot of the product, like the massage therapy par- therapists that came out of Lambton that year, we know are good therapists. And so if you need to refer someone, we have a list of names ready to refer because you know that they're yeah, trustworthy, yeah, yeah. you know they're good at what they yeah. do, they know their stuff, and uh, they're along the same same kind of lines as you are. So it's, it's nice to have that group of people. So you came out and you did a bunch of locums. Mm-hmm. How long were you doing that before you decided... I want to travel and do this. Um, The first one was six months. And then I took off for six months, came home for another six months, took off for six months, 
came home for four months and then took off for eight months. So this is your pattern. Okay. Yeah. Let's get into this then. <laughs> Seems about six months is my, <laughs> my limit. <laughs> so the, t- the takeoffs, what makes you want to do the takeoff? What makes you decide where you're going to go with the takeoff? And you're, are you working as a therapist during your takeoff? Um, so the reason for takeoffs, I don't know. I've always been into traveling. My parents were really good with showing me like we would leave every year, go down to Florida and yeah. they would take me to all those different spots. So traveling was always something that I was used to and, and really enjoyed. And I have friends out there, like a couple of the girls that we had in our class took off to Jas- or Lake Louise straight out of college. And uh, so I decided that I would go out there and work with them and live with them for six months. And uh, so that was what called me to Lake Louise. And then the lady that I covered her maternity leave the first time asked me to come back because she was having another kid. So I, I was like, yeah, why not? Made really good money and enjoyed the connections that I made at that doctor's office. But yeah, and I feel like working while you're out traveling is just so much better because you get to stay a little bit long term and still get to explore. Yeah. yeah. And you're not digging out of your savings and, and all that kind of stuff while you're trying to live and travel and see parts of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For anyone listening who doesn't know, Lake Louise uh, is in Alberta. So we're here in Ontario. So you moved provinces. Mm-hmm. And what was it like working in another province? Non-regulated. Non-regulated, yeah. yes. Right. First of all, I chose Canada because I think it's super important to travel your own country and you go to other countries and people haven't even explored their own territory. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. So I think it's it was a really good opportunity to go explore the mountains and the Rockies nonetheless. Lake Louise is beautiful. I've only been once, but it was like, it almost didn't feel real. It was so beautiful. I was there for six months and you wake up every morning and you're like, where am I? Like, is this life? Mm. Like, am I actually doing this? And it's just living at the top of a mountain is unlike anything you can do. Like, it's so cool. And and working at the spa that I worked at, it closes at 8 p.m. So you still have three hours of daylight to go do a hike, come home, wake up, work, do it all over again, you know, and you're still getting to go out and do stuff after work in Lake Louise, which is insane. And same with Jasper. It was my friend had moved from Lake Louise to Jasper and she was like, hey, we're looking for a therapist. So I was like, count me in. And it's just been, I feel really lucky that the timing has worked out for me. And and that's why I chose those places because it was beautiful and I got to work and explore at the same time. She would have been the perfect candidate. Remember that job posting you saw years ago and you presented it to me and I said, are you out of your mind? We can't do this. And it was, they were looking for a therapist and it was probably somewhere like Jasper. I don't even remember where it was, but they were looking for a therapist to come like live on this resort. Right. And I don't remember the details, but it was essentially. Oh, I can't remember what you're talking about. The details were you were working, I think it was four days a week. You got paid anywhere between, I think, 55 and 65 bucks Mm -hmm. an hour. You can live on the resort. For For $10 $10 a day. day. It's insane. You get so many perks. And you can play for free when you're not working. So like like, you go skiing, snowboard, like everything free. And so he shows this to me, but I don't even remember what was going on in our life at the time, but it was definitely not realistic. I don't know if like I was pregnant or there was some real reason that I was like, what are you nuts? (laughs) Like we can't do this. But I'm like, if I was... 19, 20, right. 22. Yeah, fuck yeah, yeah, I would do that. And that was like you said, living at the resort. We lived at Lake, like the Chateau Lake Louise. You see the picture of Lake Louise. It's that hotel that's right in front of the water. It's, Chateau Lake Louise is famous. Actually, you remember yeah. that sitcom Two Broke Girls and the like blonde one, Caroline, who was like used to be rich and then was poor. Okay. You're looking at me like you don't know, but we know no, you. No, I know. Okay. <laughs> Don't act like you don't know. But this there was, is like my regular it, I reminded it. Be, I reminded of it because even on that show, she was like, oh, my family and I used to summer there all the time or something right. like that. And I was like, yeah, like Lake Louise is yeah. that type of place where like very rich and famous people People pay thousands go. of dollars a night and you get to live there for 10 bucks a night, gets taken right off your paycheck. So it's not even like you have to look at it. Yeah. You don't even notice it. It's and amazing. Yeah. You rent canoes for free and people pay like 60 bucks an hour for that kind of stuff, you know, like That's just insane. So what makes you want to come back then? Like this sounds so freaking sweet. Like it's like every waiter that I've ever met in Miami is not from Miami, right? right? right. Someone who went <laughs> vacationing in Miami, they're yeah. like, yeah, I like it here. <laughs> and now I'm just working to pay for this indefinite vacation. Yeah. So what makes you come back then? Um, Because I did 
develop a few of my own clients throughout the years doing the locums and stuff like that. I do feel like Sarnia slash Portlampton, which is where I'm actually at, is home. My family's there. I have Justin there, my partner, and I just... I love Sarnia's in the summer. You've got the beach, you've got the water, the weather is fantastic. You like, know, I know nothing about Sarnia. Of all pla- I mean, I've lived in London. I have friends in Windsor. I have family in Chatham, uh, even Paincore, which is like right. outside. I have friends in Blenheim. Like I kn- but I have never been to Sarnia. Yeah, I know right. nothing about it's Sarnia. Not you say bad. you say you've got the beach. I, I don't even. You're know. like what beach? I don't even know where. I don't even know exactly where Sarnia is on the map. Yeah, and and it's sweet because it's a border town, right? So you've got the bridge, you've got the states right there. Like it's got an airport, and there's it's what? It's a small All city, the but I don't it's, know. Yeah, it's pretty pretty sweet. So Sarnia is home. It is, and and like I I don't know I I get. I don't want to say I get bored, but I, I like the change of scenery. So like I find six months, I'm like, oh, I'd like to go home. Like I miss right. miss home mm-hmm. and stuff. So I think I come home because it's home. Right. But when I went to Australia, I was like, oh, this could be home. Really? So <laughs> Australia was the, the most recent place you were at? Yes. I just got back about a month ago. So and you tell spent us about Australia. eight months there, yeah? I spent eight months there on okay. a work holiday visa. Didn't work as much as I anticipated, but... That's all part of the journey, I guess. How hard is it to get a work holiday visa? Uh, none of this I know about because I'm not a travel guy. It's as easy as applying. They give you a year, and then if you do like 88 days of farm work, they give you a second year. But I didn't do the farm work because I it's not really my thing. Gotcha. Didn't want to. Yeah, <laughs> like I can work as a massage therapist, make three times as much, and be comfortable. You know, to yeah. get like a work visa somewhere, because like Mark said, I know nothing about this. Mm-hmm. Do you have to have some sort of professional designation, or could you be the waitress that's just like, I want to go yep. work in Australia? Hundred percent. Like a lot of people do that. They'll get, um, they'll just apply for a work holiday visa, go over, see what's available, um, end up working on farms or as baristas, like brewing coffee or waiting tables. And it's very, very easy. And like people stop themselves from doing it because they think it's difficult, but it's mm-hmm. as simple as applying for a work holiday visa. I wonder what would get somebody not accepted for that. Do you think it's like a numbers game, first come, first serve? Mm-hmm. There's only so many people that can get one in a period of time. I don't know because I've never been denied. <laughs> <laughs> Things that I don't know. Okay, so for example, let's say just one year there was this huge influx of people who were like, I want to go work in Australia. There's only so many jobs. I'm sure the Australian economy has some sort of input as to how many people can come work. Or is it just like everybody gets approved, you get there, you may or may not get work and you may have to go home? Well, they've put age restrictions on it. So I think it used to be 25, but now it's 30. Like you can't apply for a work holiday visa if you're over 30. Like you have to apply for a different okay. kind of visa. But because there's a lot of young people applying for work holiday visas and they need they need the work, mm-hmm. they need the farmers and the people picking veggies and stuff like that, um, which is what they encourage people to do. In some countries, if you get a work holiday visa, it's mandatory that you do farm work. Like you have to do farm work. But I know Canada is one of them where it's free range. Right. And I think some parts of the States as well. See, that makes sense now. They say no to old people like us. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you guys just want a trip. No, you missed your coming. chance. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I would do it anyway. I don't think I have that in me. Yeah. No, Everybody's no, different. Like yeah. Justin doesn't like to leave. But I mean that that's what it's fascinating to me that you would you do this stuff because I have like no desire, but it piques my interest. But when it comes down to it, I've been like, nah, not my not right. my thing. We were talking about this the other night. Um, so maybe you can weigh on since you're somebody that likes to travel. But so far the places you've traveled have all been English speaking countries. Do you speak another language? Uh, I don't. Um, but I have traveled to India, Thailand. Nicaragua. Okay, so you've been to non-English speaking countries. We were having this discussion about would you ever decide, let's say you met someone. I mean, obviously, Justin, if you're listening, this is hypothetical. <laughs> let's say you met someone right. and you were single and they were from Nicaragua mm-hmm. and wanted you to relocate and come live with them in Nicaragua. 100%. 100%. We were discussing this because Mark said, I don't think I could do it. I think like I would feel so out of my element with nobody around me that spoke the same language as me. And I said, people do it all like, we live in Toronto, the most multicultural mm-hmm. city. Like people do it all the time. They move to a country where they don't speak the language. They have no idea about how things work and that you're learning a whole new culture. 
it's fucking terrifying, yeah, but, but people you know do it land, all the time. You land in a multicultural place like Toronto, and I'm straight from China. I don't speak yes, Chinese. Yes, you can find, I find Chinese people. I find myself in fucking Chinatown. Yeah. And it's just like being at home, but I'm not at home. It's a little different than... You find your communities. Exactly, yeah. right? Are there... Okay, so you've been to parts of India. Mm-hmm. Can you, as a Canadian, travel to India and find easily other Canadians? Or not so easily? So I I did my yoga teacher training in India. And when I was at the course, there was people from every country. But then when I went and I traveled in Mumbai and I went to New Delhi, Old Delhi, I feel like I didn't see one white person yeah. the whole time I was mm-hmm. there. So so you were like really out of your element. Did you feel so, uh, scared or anxious or did you feel the whole perfectly time. safe? Okay, so you were anxious. Yeah, yeah, like anything that anybody ever told me about India, the good and the bad was true. I want to know both because I don't know anything. Yeah. Like what, what would have been the good that you heard that was true? What would have been the bad that you heard that was true? So you hear that the people are beautiful and they are it's the people the people that don't have anything want to give you everything mm-hmm. and and that was really touching because you could be walking the streets and you're in the million dollar multi-million dollar place and then you walk the next street and you're in the slums and people are living out of yeah. like things that we wouldn't consider livable but they're happy and they have what they need and they have their little communities and they welcome people but then there's like when you're in a place in like Mumbai, 22 million people in one city, it's like people are looking at you, people are touching you, people were grabbing at my bags, right. like oh. people coming up to you and just want pictures of you because you're white and they think that you might be famous or really like all this crazy stuff. Hmm. Can you imagine if you're walking down the street, like at home here in London, let's say, because London's not quite as multicultural as Toronto. Okay. Let's say you're walking down the street. Like, would you ever think when you walk past, let's say like an Indian right. man, like that could be a famous actor and like right. let me take a picture of him like that's such a funny you can't concept. ask me stuff like this because <laughs> because whenever I'm looking at TV or like a movie or something I always think to myself would I recognize exactly. this celebrity on the street mm-hmm. and I thought this the last time I thought this I, I saw Kevin Hart on TV and I'm like, I recognize Kevin Hart. I know what his voice sounds like. So if I just didn't hear him speak, I recognize him when he's inside of this black box that's in my bedroom. Yeah. But if this dude was to bump into me on the street, I don't think I'd know it's Kevin yeah. Hart. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I would because he's he's like a tiny guy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But yeah, that's what we always talk about that. Like if but we're watching recognize. certain bands, for example, mm-hmm. I might know who Pink Floyd is. Mm-hmm. I might know who, I'm not going to use Rush because they're way too identifiable to me. I might <laughs> know who Red Hot Chili Peppers are, whatever. But if I saw a majority of the people, like the band members, mm-hmm. if I saw them somewhere out of that element, not on stage, do I have any idea who they yeah. are? No, no clue. That was the thing. I was in Tasmania in Australia and I went to a Red Hot Chili Peppers concert and they were like, oh, if you see us on the street, come say hi. And I was like sitting on the street. I was like, can I wreck? Is that him? Is that him? Is that them? Like, just like waiting for them to walk by so I could say hello. <laughs> so funny. Okay, so. Yeah, I couldn't live somewhere where I couldn't speak the language. We were talking about this the other day because we were watching. Is it on TLC? Yeah, we were watching one of those TLC shows where that's exactly what happens. There's like a couple that are from different countries. 90 Day Fiance or something stupid. But it like wasn't that. that one because 90 Day Fiance. Don't lie, but yeah, we were watching something Terrible. along those lines, right? Like yeah. that one of the people has to move to the other person and so this woman this american woman was moving to qatar Mm. and her son was like so distraught and upset because he's like you know you don't speak the language you don't know like what it's going to be like you're like a blonde lady going Mm -hmm. to qatar like have you lost your mind kind of thing and i think that like really brought some anxiety out and mark he's like i couldn't do it for me it's like i don't think i can i would never want to be in a place where anyone that's of authority i can't understand right so like mm-hmm. even when I would go to Cuba and I'm at the airport and I'm like, uh, these people are of authority to me mm-hmm. and I don't know what anyone's saying. That gives me And anxiety. they have weapons. Well, it is, it is scary and you learn very quick who to trust and who not to trust. Like when we went to Nicaragua, it was because we had just graduated college. We wrote our government exams. Two week wait was too much to sit around and ponder. Mm-hmm. So we took off to Nicaragua for two weeks and we're on this bus and everybody's speaking Spanish and there's some white girls, but they're speaking Spanish. And the bus driver pulled over to the side of the road, like mid midway through the trip and told me and Justin to get off the bus and there would be a cab picking us up and we were like we didn't speak the language so we were like 
like, what is happening? Yeah. So super sketchy. We got off the bus and this cab was sitting there and we're in the middle of nowhere. So we didn't know what to do. And so we got in the cab and the cab took us exactly where the bus was. So we had to pay for the bus and the cab. Uh, But they were just messing with us because we were white and we didn't speak the language. So we booked a course, like a Spanish course, and we took like the basics the next day. Yeah. Because we were like, that, that's this terrifying. This is going to happen to us over yeah. and over and over again or something worse. Right, exactly. That makes me so sad that there's like, you know, that that's a possibility. You know, that of people... No, of course it is. I understand that. I'm not that naive that this is not going to happen in the mm-hmm. world. But how sad is that? It's, you know, it's we're going to go on vacation in this country that we've never been to. Mm-hmm. And people immediately are like, oh, there they are. There's yep. our prey. They don't speak the language. Let's mess with them and get money out of them. And that's it's horrible. traveling, traveling in English speaking countries for me and non-English speaking. It's a whole different kind of traveling, like the high stress travel and yeah. you're always on alert versus when I was in Australia, I was like leaving my bag at the beach while I went into the water, you know, whereas India or Nicaragua, you'd never be able to do that because it'd be gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's different, different kind of traveling. All the stuff that we ever watched on like discovery is true. Like you have to be, so, you have to be on such high alert in certain countries. Yeah. And when we were um, talking with Nikki, when she was traveling, she had the opposite experience. Like she said, she wasn't anxious and she was, she also didn't do a lot of traveling to Central America. She didn't do a lot of traveling. No, she to was South in Southeast America. Asia. Yeah. So, and she even, she even kind of expressed like, mm, you know, I don't think, Central America or South America would be my jam because of that high Mm -hmm. stress that comes Mm -hmm. along with it. Like Thailand is different. Thailand was super chill, super tourist friendly. Like I was comfortable in Thailand, like going from India to Thailand. I was like, huh. And my friends that had come from Canada to Thailand, they were super high strung because the traffic's different and all this stuff. And I was just coming from India. So I was like, oh, this is so (laughs) relaxing. So Thailand and India, you did that just... Uh, Just to do my yoga teacher training. Okay. Yep. And then Thailand for a little vacay. Cool. Cool. I don't know anything about yoga. Mm -hmm. Tell me about the yoga teacher training. Is this like a famous type of yoga place you go to? Um, It's gotten bigger since I went. Um, I was just looking at yoga teacher trainings because I wanted to add to my, like I had always stretched, but I didn't know the difference between yoga and stretching. And I usually do things full out. So I just took the teaching training and I was looking at ones in Toronto that were like 5G and the one in India was two and a half G and you get accommodation get and yeah. food <laughs> and you get to go to India. Like, so I just took that opportunity and it's Ashtanga Vinyasa flow. This means something to you. It does. It? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I think I, I know a couple of other women who've done yoga teacher training in India. And I think it's also just that connection to the fact that like India is the birthplace of yoga. Uh-huh. So it's just like, I'm going back to where it's, you know, yeah. the same thing with um, the friend that I have that's coming on the podcast soon who did his time massage training in Thailand. Mm-hmm. It's, there's something to be said about going to where it originated yeah. and getting trained by the masters. So you're just, exactly. And you're engulfed in it. So yeah. it's like the whole rest of the world doesn't even exist. Like you're eating vegan and you're, you're, you're doing your 6am yoga session and you see the people picking mangoes off the, the tree and then that's what you eat for breakfast, you know? So it's just, it was a very holistic experience and that's cool. Yeah, it was awesome. I'm jealous. I can, <laughs> I'm jealous because I can never do that. It, yeah. it would just never be me yeah. at all. I'd feel uncomfortable. I'd feel stressed. I constantly have money on my mind. Yeah. And so to like be somewhere and not be in control of, you know, income and all mm-hmm. that, like that's, uh, I'm, 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 I'm excited hearing you say this, but I'm also fucking stressed just yeah. hearing you say this. <laughs> and that's then, that... then jealousy is the wrong word. You're not jealous <laughs> yeah. because never in a million years would that be you and that's okay. 100%. We need people like you. We need people who are going to stay put Creature and build habit. the foundations yeah. and do... Well, exactly. You are one of the most predictable people I've ever met. There's something very comforting in that for me. 100%. <laughs> and that was like... I even knew the... you were going to make that face at me. <laughs> and massage therapy, that's why like I love the profession because one of the reasons I love the profession because you can go and travel and make minimum wage and be stressed about money and have to work or you can work as a massage therapist make that extra more because you have the skills and the training Mm -hmm. and you don't have to work as much or as hard or as long to make what you need to keep traveling. And again, I'm sure just like being here in Canada, being a massage therapist, people like you. People love you. Yeah. Like it's awesome. So then you actually make some good connections while mm-hmm. you're traveling and you might feel that much safer because 
you're Corey. You're the massage therapist. Yeah. People want to see you. You're mm-hmm. the massage therapist from Canada. Right. Let's go take a picture with that white girl and then get a massage. Yeah, that's true. Do your parents think you're nutso for doing this kind of stuff or are they all on board? They're like, yeah. They, I think when an, my mom's always been super supportive. I think my dad was a little bit like, what are you doing? Like, when are you going to stop and just work? Like, yeah. but now I think he understands that I can work and travel at the same time and get all these life experiences and stuff still make money like this out of the five years that I've been working and traveling the five months six months that I wasn't working is the longest I've gone without a job so it's it's not like I don't work mm-hmm. while I travel so I'm well, getting obviously both. you just bought a house you're doing just fine <laughs> yeah. I'm on my way congrats by the way thank you <laughs> yeah so how does Justin feel about the travel since he doesn't go with you he like I'm always looking for him to be like no you should stay but he's always like go dude that's so cool <laughs> see you in six months like he's he's fantastic and he he's a tennis coach as well and he grew up at the Sarnia Tennis Club so that's one of the things is he never wants to leave the Sarnia Tennis Club like mm. he's like oh if I go for a year then I miss out on this and miss out on this and it's just his home and it used to really bug me but now like it's one of the things I appreciate about him the most is that he is committed mm-hmm. and he spends his time doing exactly what he wants to do which is what he likes is that I just go do what I want to do. That's good. You guys can both do your own thing mm-hmm. and then you come back after the six months and yeah. we're inseparable for the next six months and then. Yeah because that's yeah. a long time to be away. It is. And that's like the exact opposite of us clearly. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> literally never apart. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Look a little happier about that. <laughs> He's like, damn, maybe I should travel. <laughs> no, if either of us are going to travel, it would be me. Yeah. yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I had I had dreams of traveling before I met him. I met him. I had just turned 24. Don't make it sound like Bastard. I shattered. I did, no, <laughs> no. And I always say he didn't stop me. I chose to not do that, but Mm -hmm. my intent was to actually um, take six months off and just sort of travel around the world before actually settling into a career. And then things, you know, went in a different direction. I ended up doing massage therapy, which wasn't my original plan and just fell in love with where I was and where I was working. Mm -hmm. Him and I met and then it was just okay. And that's what I did. And I never did do that six months of travel, which Mm -hmm. I'm not sad about. Yeah. (laughs) She says so now. Whole ride home, you're gonna be it. <laughs> I'm not sad. I mean, we we do like our like what your parents did. We mm-hmm. do our family traveling. You know, like actually, we're driving to Florida next right. month with our two little girls, and cool. you know, we've driven to different parts of the states, and we've you know, we do like the resort vacations. Mm-hmm. Like our oldest came to Mexico with us a couple of years, so you know, we still you're getting it. We in. still get out places. Thailand, we have not, but yeah. we should. Get you out. guys would love it, and the girls would love. It. Yeah, such a cool spot. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Mark's not to, not so sure. I don't know. It's it's, it's such a weird thing because I it it's appealing, but then at the same time, I'm like, is this an experience that I really want to have? Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Travel for me is the weirdest thing. I I don't know. And I think for me, if I can, I know this isn't possible, but the one of the things that would make it the most appealing is if like. If I can do it all on a motorcycle, right? like that's when it would be like, yeah, okay, I'm ready to, I'm ready to, yeah. she's, now she's looking at me like. <laughs> no, but it's, it's the same. Justin is like, well, if I can play tennis, like, I, like when I look into going places with him, it's around a tennis tournament or it's like, <laughs> oh, that's for so tennis. Like we can go to Georgia cause there's a tennis tournament, like oh, that's Australia funny. all year round. You know, I feel if we did travel, if and when that ever happens, it would be a complete role reversal. I feel like in our day-to-day lives, I look to Mark a lot for like, you know, like, what are we going to do? What's happening? And Mm -hmm. like, you know, he's kind of like the unofficial leader of the family. I think we would switch roles because you'd be like, no, I can't do this. Yeah. I wouldn't even want to. Even when we go on the (laughs) resort vacations, I speak a small amount of Spanish. I speak a small amount of French and I can understand enough that if somebody's speaking to me, I can get the gist of what's going on. So I'm not totally lost. Um, I don't know if you know where Mark's from, but people look at him and assume he's Spanish very often. It's the worst. So, <laughs> where are you from? My parents are from Trinidad. Ah, right? so, Trinidad. So my parents are, are mixed. My dad's like my dad's parents are from China. My dad's Chinese mm-hmm. from Trinidad. But because of my skin tone, I can look Spanish. Mm-hmm. 
And whenever we're in a Spanish-speaking country, everyone just assumes I'm Spanish. Especially and they just in the start Dominican. Speaking yeah, no Spanish to me. And now I just look like the mentally challenged Spanish guy <laughs> yeah. because I don't understand anything. I have this weird look on my face like... Whoa. And then I start yeah. translating for him. And then there's more confusion. Like, why right. is this white woman telling you what we're saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. why don't you understand this? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So of all the places that you've been, where were, where are you? Where are you like, I'm going back? Or Australia. Australia. And Nicaragua too. I would I saw a job posting. I mean, I don't know what the perimeters of the job, but um there was a job posting for a massage therapist in Nicaragua and I was like, ooh, and very very tempting, mm. but probably wouldn't be the comfortable lifestyle that I've developed. Tell us about working in Australia. I know um, you didn't work as much as you wanted to, right. but how did that look? So it was I was originally trying to get my RPL, which is your recognized prior learning. Um, so with that, I had to take all of my college transcripts and translate them to match their massage school. Their training is not as extensive as ours, obviously, but um, it was just, it was a lot of paperwork. My mom helped me and she probably spent about 20 hours trying to like piece it all together and all this stuff. And then it was like five grand to even get them to look at it. And Oh my God. So I decided to call it quits on that because it's not regulated. You don't need to have that massage therapy title like you can just be a massage therapist yeah. period and so I did that um instead like I just joined the association okay. um, of massage therapists in of Australia but that limited my options because a lot of clinics you need that RPL title mm -hmm. to work there so that's why I went towards the spa right. um, industry because they're a lot more lenient but it was amazing like they're a lot more um holistic like we're a lot um super therapeutic right and they're they're more like they like the Reiki and their kinesiology course. I was looking at taking a kinesiology course at their university, but their kinesiology is mind, body, and spirit. Yeah. Whereas ours, it's like human movement. Did you right? know yeah. that? Yeah. Sorry. Did you know that? Yeah. So I mean, it's a it's kind of like a misuse of the term kinesiology. Exactly. And, totally. And it's and it's it's more termed applied kinesiology, which is a misuse of the term anyway. And yeah. Yes. It's it's so for example, like our continued education company, we have a networking education night that we do every once in a while. We had a couple speakers come in. One of our speakers was big into neurokinetic therapy mm -hmm. or neurokinetic technique or whatever yeah. it's called, NKT. And uh, someone else asked, is this like kinesiology? I'm like, well, this is kind of like what applied kinesiology mm -hmm. is based on like just completely different from what kinesiology actually right. is but yeah yeah you know that actually did confuse me and it just now got cleared up I didn't ask in the moment when we were having that discussion while the uh, NKT practitioner was speaking mm -hmm. and the girl asked the question when you said it's kind of like applied kinesiology literally through my head I was like how is this applied kinesiology like I yeah. have a degree in kinesiology shouldn't I be more aware of this <laughs> Yeah. It's a really was... confusing misuse of the term. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes, for example, if you say you do you do kinesiology, then they'll be like, do you do muscle testing? Like, you know what I mean? Right. Like, no, 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 you're getting it wrong. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah. okay. So people are confusing. Well, yeah, that is confusing. Well, it's, it's dual use of a, of a term mm -hmm. that has mm -hmm. different meanings. So when you were working in Australia, where, did you have like set hours at the spa? Were you working a lot or was it like really very relaxed where you could spend most of your days on the beach? Yeah. So that was the best part was I had agreed with my employer that I was going to work over the Christmas and school holidays. So I was working the busiest season and I lived about 20 minutes from where I worked. So I would take the bus in two hours early, chill out at the beach, work whatever massages they had, like up to six massages a day, usually would do four to five. And then I would just go hang out at the beach, go home, wake up, do it again, four days a week, three days a Tough week. Tough life you live. It was awful. <laughs> It's brutal. Don't know how Do you I surf? got through. I learned how to surf. Obviously not like crazy well, but yeah. a girl that I lived with for a month was a surf instructor. So she'd knock on my door at 10 to 6 every morning and we'd be out in the water by 6. And oh, wow. It was pretty cool experience that's cool yeah because i know nothing of this it how do you even know where to start like i have no fucking clue like how do you know where am i looking for a massage job in australia like how do you do that from sarnia where do you look for like i need a place to live like yeah before she tells you that have you ever heard of this company called google <laughs> <laughs> they're really great resource for a lot of things <laughs> i'm sorry i'm an asshole you can cut that out <laughs> 
I feel like I, that I, should be in there. I can use it for more than porn. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> anyway, sorry, Corey. You go ahead. I had to throw that in there. <laughs> um. So when I worked out in Jasper, I met a couple girls that worked in the spa that were from Australia coming to Canada on their work holiday visa. So they were like, yeah, if you're ever in Australia, let us know. So I let them know I was coming to Australia and they're like, yeah, you can stay with us as long as you want. So I made that my base. So I awesome. started started there, stayed with them for a month and then they recommended places. I was in that month, I was able to travel to Byron Bay, up to Noosa to see w- which area I liked the most um, chose Noosa, like a little vacation town, not as busy as Byron, but still like the beautiful waters and the surf and, and stuff. So I got to explore a little bit before I chose where I wanted to work and living with friends that I had met in Canada allowed me for that. When they came to Canada, they struggled because being away from home is tough, right? Mm -hmm. So just doing little things like bringing them down to the grocery store and bringing them to Edmonton and, like just spending time with them. They were like, when you come to Australia, we need to pay you back for what you've done for us. This, by the way, I mean, I've never done this. I've never done this travel like this, but this is what I hear from all travelers. You meet people who are also travelers Mm -hmm. and it's again, it's like a whole community. Like they want to help you and you want to help them. Uh, One of my good friends, she traveled the world right out of high school. So when I say she traveled the world, Mm -hmm. you know, like those packages you can buy, you go to so many countries and, you know, stay in hostels. So she did that when she was probably nine. 19 and she met a bunch of people along the way and you know they'd compare itineraries and they'd meet up in different mm-hmm. cities and they really did look out for each other yeah. and remain friends and I now have friends that she then brought to Canada and I met them and yeah. I've traveled to the UK to meet up with them mm-hmm. and it's yeah it becomes like a whole community because travelers understand each other yeah. and it happens so fast like the girls that I lived with they had two other roommates who were getting married and I became good friends with them and they invited me to their wedding. And so it's like, it it just grows like that. And I met another guy in Jasper who was from Perth. I met him like twice at the bar and he was like, I live in Perth. If you're in Perth, here's my number. And like, I've never, I'm usually very like, I'll do it on my own. But this was the first time that I was like, you know what, I'll take people up on their offers, see what it brings me. And I was just so blissed out the whole time and so grateful for people. Like, I didn't even know this guy and he let me stay with his family and took me camping for 10 days. Like, it's, you meet some incredible people and if you allow yourself to be vulnerable, then... Vulnerable slash guarded at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Allow yourself to make those connections and Mm -hmm. meet new people. So what are some of the, uh, the cool experiences you've had being able to travel and do stuff like... Swimming with sharks, <laughs> yeah, stuff like that. Well, so surfing was like huge for me too. Like I got to wake up on the water, go surfing, go to work, and then do it all over again. And then Australia is amazing for their wildlife. So you get to go and you scuba dive the coral reefs, the reefs, and you go out west and you dive in the Ningaloo Reef and there's sharks and manta rays and it was turtle season when I went so there are turtles everywhere and scuba diving scares the shit out of me by the way same it's one of the few things that like actually I don't I don't know I feel like you know when people say would you ever skydive or this or that like scuba diving actually scares the crap out of me same and I think that's why I do it like open water is my biggest terrifying yeah but every time I get in the water and you go into the open water it's like you have that adrenaline rush right like I'm down there for 40 minutes and my heart's pounding out of my chest and then you come up and you're like holy shit what did I just do like I just swam with sharks it's one of the scariest things for me feel how fast my heart's pounding now just thinking about it (laughs) oh boy (laughs) it's so cool I'm so fascinated because I can't do it yeah but I can kind of feel that moment as you're describing it sorry (laughs) stop saying I can't that vocabulary you know what I mean yeah I know yeah it's uh what other stuff give me give me some more Uh, I want to get excited as you speak skydiving I went skydiving in New Zealand Zealand, uh, cage diving with the Great Whites in South Australia. Um, that was your first time skydiving? No, second time. I went out when I worked in Lake Louise. I went out in BC and uh, skydived there and then have been chasing that rush ever since. So. Yeah. Is skydiving scary? Uh, I'm going to say no. It's not like I think bungee jumping is scarier. 
Um, have you I, done I think bungee jumping yeah. would be scarier. I've never done either, so I have no reference. But skydiving's good because you have someone strapped to your back and you don't have to do anything. They just push you out of the plane and you're good. Like yeah. the whole ride up is super super nerve wracking, but as soon as they open the door and you swing your legs out, it's like I have just no feeling. And then you fall and it doesn't even feel like you're falling because the velocity and however physics works <laughs> <laughs> it makes you feel like you're not falling, right? So the only fear I think that I would have would be that split second of wondering if the chute is going to open. That's the only thing that I think, I mean, not the only thing, of course, actually free falling is scary and you have But as soon as you're out of the plane, if if it doesn't open, it doesn't open and you're dead. Like, Mm. you don't have much to think about. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) Although I feel like you'd have enough time to actually process what's happening. Yeah. Oh, for sure. So that would be terrifying. But otherwise... (laughs) But you can't do anything about it. So just enjoy the ride, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I look at it. I don't know how I feel right now. I feel good, but we're scared all the time. <laughs> it's just, it's trippy to me. Yeah, this really is, is this is a world that's uh, very different from mm-hmm. our life, but that's the whole point of getting guests like you on the podcast to talk about things that we know nothing about. Yeah. yeah. So now that you um, have a house coming in Sarnia, yep. does this mean the travel is uh, is done? Probably on pause for sure. Um, I'm thinking next year I want to go to university to do a kinesiology course. And I think it's perfect timing with having a house and creating roots finally. And then I get to start a business out of my house. So it's like a new adventures, but just a little less. Gone from two extremes, not working anywhere <laughs> near home to working in, in my home. home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Travel will probably still be part of your life. It just will be strictly vacation yeah. and probably not for eight months at a time. Yeah. But And I mean, I've accepted that. And Australia was the only thing I had on my mind. And once I finished Australia, I was like, huh, what else do I want? Like there was no like Australia and then Italy and then France like it was just Australia and now that I've done that like I feel like I have to sit down and completely recreate a bucket list because I got everything checked off so far and you're so young I'm too young you were too young (laughs) to have your whole bucket list checked off I know but yeah that's kind of exciting that you can kind of now like you said create a whole new bucket list yeah what do I want now and I think the start of that was a house and yeah. that next commitment, having that responsibility and yeah. like, I, I feel ready for it and I'm excited for it. Do you have a bucket list? I don't have a bucket list. Do you have a bucket list? Um, I wouldn't Today's say... Today's the day that I'm learning everything about my wife. <laughs> As I sit and do podcasts with other people, I'm like, I didn't know this about you. Um, I wouldn't say I have like a definite bucket list. I think things do change. Like, just like how Corey said once she did Australia, it was like, huh, what do I want now? I think at different phases of my life, I stopped to consider like, what do I want? Where do I want to go with this? Like, so for example, I decided at the end of last year that 2019 was finally going to be the year that I stopped talking about how much I love working with uh, women and treating prenatal clients and whatever. And I'm doing a pelvic health course. I'm doing a pregnancy massage course. I'm doing a doula course. I'm attending my first birth in a couple of weeks, like just doing the stuff that I keep saying like, oh, I would love to do that. When I was pregnant, I said to Mark one at one point, I feel like I miss my calling. Like I, when I would go to my midwife's office, I would sit there. It was supposed to be an hour appointment for me to talk to her about how I was feeling. And I was asking her questions about her career. Mm -hmm. Like that was really interesting to me. So this year I'm doing that. I'm still doing Con Ed, still doing the podcast, still going to see my old clients, but now start incorporating some of the stuff that I kept talking about. Yeah. I think it's important to make movements like that Yeah, because you can talk about something forever, but until you actually do it, it, Mm -hmm. it's just, what do I want now? So no, I, I guess the answer is no, then I don't have like a bucket list because it's whatever phase of my life I'm in. Like now that I have the kids, my bucket list would be like what I'm already doing, you know, like letting them explore different activities and seeing what they like. And Mm -hmm. I feel like it's really cool watching these two little humans that I created that are really nothing like me and they have their own little personalities and they're like determining where we go next. Yeah, it's that's amazing. pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. What about you? <laughs> bucket list? Do I have a bucket list? No, I, I don't think I have a bucket list. It, I don't, hmm. No, I don't have a bucket list. I do, I do have ideas or I do have things that I really want to do, but then I move on it quick. Like I go from idea to execution really, really fast, mm-hmm. yeah, you do. but it doesn't feel like a bucket list because they, none of these things feel like anything larger. <laughs> 
not significant. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, your traveling feels like huge and life altering. And me saying, yeah, let me start a podcast and move from idea to execution is nothing. It's just, it's, yeah, but it's, it's so that's minimal. Bucket list stuff all on its own. Like, it everything is. you do yeah. is. Like, yeah, so I, I, I don't know. I, I don't really think so. Well, I think you're like me then. It's not an actual bucket list. You're just living your life the way that you want to and the mm-hmm. way that you're creating. Like the other night we were laying in bed and uh, we were talking about today because today we were driving to London specifically to meet with you and to meet with Sue. And I don't know whose podcast is going to come out first, but we're mm. you know chatting with you both today. And I said to Mark, on Tuesday, we're driving to London to just sit down and hang out with other therapists yeah. and just talk. And we both just started laughing, like hysterical laughter. You know, the type where you're like crying yeah. and can't catch your breath. Yeah. And he's like, should we like, like just work? Should we just like be grownups and just it's work? Crazy. It's crazy. Me and Justin do the same thing. We're like, what is our life? Yeah. This is sweet. Like, yeah. And then I said to him, I'm like, no, because why? Like who makes these rules that once you're of a certain age and that you have to, why do you have to even ever have roots? Yeah. You know, there's people whose families travel around. Why do you have to do things mm-hmm. that, you know, there is, there's no right way, right? Course, like so, you graduate high school and then you go to university and then right. you have a boyfriend and you get a house and you get married and you have kids. Like yeah. you don't have to follow any of that stuff. You do not. Kids, I would say kids were on my bucket list. I yep. always knew I wanted, wanted kids. That okay. was never like a question mark. There was, there was a point where I did say, if it doesn't happen, you know, if it's not meant for me, then something else will mm-hmm. will take over. But there was always a part of me that knew at some point I want ch- children. Yeah. I didn't want them young. I made that very, very clear. <laughs> I want to be young and irresponsible and drink a lot and right. fine. And then kids. Yeah. And yeah, I think that they're mostly my bucket list now. Yeah. Somebody once said to me recently, because I was going through a, I don't know if a crisis is the right word, but... I had said to her, I feel like I've become lost in being a mom. Like, I feel like I don't have hobbies. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what are you talking about? She's like, you're not lazy. You're always doing like new stuff with the kids. She's like, your life is your hobby. Yeah. Swear to God, ever since she said that to me, I'm like, yes. Yeah, my life is my hobby. Perspective, yeah. Right? yeah. And I'm like, I'm, I'm happy with what I'm doing. Why do I need this external thing mm-hmm. that is just going to take up more of my time when I'm, I'm busy enough? I don't know. I feel, I feel sort of the same way. I feel like, I feel like my work has become my hobby yeah but then I hear this and I feel like fuck I'm missing something it's uh, you guys yeah, are, but you this... guys are all tripping me out right now you don't understand <laughs> yeah but I feel I... like the reason like one of the big reasons I travel and stuff is because I don't have necessarily something that I just am constantly engaged in like Justin is constantly engaged in tennis whether it's summer winter night day mm-hmm. like yeah. tennis is his thing like I don't have something that is my thing so like traveling and trying skydiving, trying diving, trying surfing, like I'm just that's your thing. Exploring until I find something that I want to just spend all my time doing. Have you found it yet? No. Is that need to find it still the same as it was before you went on the hunt? I don't think so. Like I when I always came home, I was always super super happy and then I would hit one point and I'm like I need to go. Mm. And then uh like now I just feel con- like I don't want to say content because I love being uncomfortable. But I'm I'm comfortable and content with where I am and where I'm going right now. And like I, I'm just riding the wave. Like content, it doesn't have to mean like I'm gonna stuck. stay here. Yeah. Um content is I'm happy. And in your case, I think that you've just been, you've been happy with the process. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe you haven't found the thing, but maybe the thing is the process. Exactly. And And that's that's, like I said, once somebody said to me, like your life is your, and it's true. It's not like I sit around, I'm not lazy. I don't Mm -hmm. sit around just watching TV all day. Like I'm doing things. There's nothing necessarily what somebody would look at and call like extraordinary. You know, mm-hmm. I'm doing regular mom. Like sometimes Mark will text me in the middle of the day and say, what are you doing? And I just write back momming. Yeah. Like that. It just that's it. Yes. Work is your hobby. But you do still play music to some extent. You, you are have still bikes, drumming on everything. Like... like you do still have your hobbies. They're just to much of a lesser degree now because st- other stuff has taken over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, work has now become my hobby, which I'm fine with because uh, that's also now a big part of my identity that it wasn't before. Mm-hmm. I identify heavy with what happens at work. When you have your itching moments, does Justin ever be like, is it, is it me? Does he ever? No. No? 
he never he never has <laughs> definitely he's not he that never, kind of guy he never has that feeling like <laughs> do you need the are you needing to get away from me and no. this and us no and i make it very clear that it's not him because we have so much fun together like i i have never met anybody like him like he's the most unique person i've ever met yeah and this we guy just... fucking used to run to work and like that's, yeah like and I that's still, the, I still that's the thing like he he bikes like we lived out in Kamlaki, which is like 25k from sarnia and in the dead of winter when it's like negative 40 he's on his bike with stuttered tires like i'm driving in and he's like nope i'll take my bike see you later like, <laughs> like he's just he's got his his own little world so for me to be like i want to go travel for six months he's never like is it me? Yeah. Like, that's good. Yeah. That's a secure man in a good relationship. <laughs> yeah, we're pretty lucky. Yeah. Well, it's not luck. It's, you know, just being able to understand the other person. Like, you can be in a very good relationship with someone and still have your own life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've been criticized for spending too much time together, but that works for us. Yeah, same. Like, you guys spend a lot of time apart. I don't know that that would work for us. We're not used to that. And when we're together, we're together all the time. Like like you'll never see Justin like at the tennis club and I'm not like when we're together. People are like, do you guys ever work? like what do you mean it's our business. That's awesome. Yeah no it works out and he's his own soul so it's it's good. That's cool. Massage therapists, if you're listening, you are some of the luckiest people on the planet. Like massage therapy really is the one of the best careers to have if you want to be this kind of like free spirit to go mm-hmm. anywhere because massage is pretty universal. Very universal. When you're ready to go do all these things and venture out and you know you're going to work while you're gone and blah, blah, blah. Is money an issue for you? And I'm asking this based on what you just said there because I saw something in a Facebook group where some dude posted like, anyone else works six days a week and is still broke? And then people are dropping suggestions in there. And then every suggestion someone dropped, he had an excuse why that doesn't work for him. Well, find another job here. Well, that doesn't work for me. Or do right. this. Well, that doesn't work for me. Blah, 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 blah. Then so, you don't want to make more money. Well, yeah. I was think money ever, ever a thing for you? Like, and, and that's another thing I feel really lucky about is my parents were really good at teaching me about investing and saving. Yeah. So now with like tax-free savings account and RRSP, like... I'm able to work really hard when I'm home, take 10G, put it in my investments, and then my investments is making money every year. So right. it's like if I have a little bit of money, that money's making money. So I'm making passive income. Yep. So the money that I'm making goes straight in my hand. And if I'm ever in trouble, I get to dip into my investments, which is like kind of where I went when I bought my house. Like I was super broke from Australia, but I had my investments had and investments. my savings yep. that I could put my down payment and plus some, you know, like yeah, yeah. it's just, I think being smart about money and not making excuses. Like... A lot of people always like, oh, I don't know how you travel. I'm working all the time. It's like, well, you can do both if you really yep. want to. Like you can make anything Anything's work. possible if you really want to do it, if you have the discipline to do it. Yeah. And there are just some people that are going to make excuses for the rest of their lives. And I'm not saying things are not hard. I'm not mm-hmm. minimizing anybody's struggles yeah. because I have my own struggles and things get hard. But most of the time, if there is something I'm struggling with, if I take 10 seconds and really think about it, it's mm-hmm. usually myself getting in the way. Yep. Like there 100%. is always a solution. You just have to, and sometimes it means you have to work really fucking hard. You have to sacrifice things you yeah. didn't want to. You have to budget in a way that's not necessarily comfortable, but short-term pain, right? Exactly. Yeah. So and that's, yeah. I don't like the excuses either. Yeah. No, well, this made me think about that when you're saying RMTs, listen, if this is something you want to mm-hmm. do, I'm like, well, fuck, everything is doable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. You're, you're sitting here beside me and you've proven to me everything is fucking doable. Mark's famous for saying, um, I'm the guy that thinks everything is possible. Everything's <laughs> everything's possible. Yeah. I'm fine. I'm also know that I'm full of delusion with that. <laughs> no, but, <laughs> but like everything, everything is but everything is fucking possible. Yeah, I agree. I don't I don't disagree with it. Anytime that I'm that I'm in that spot where I do feel like stuck in something. Mm-hmm. If I even I start talking to Mark about it within 10 seconds he's thrown 17 solutions at me. Yeah. And then it just shuts me right up because I'm like, it's I'm just whining. Yeah. Like there are solutions. I'm and everybody, just whining. Everybody has different goals. Like those people that work six days a week, maybe they're trying to pay off a mortgage or mm-hmm. maybe they're like trying to do something, but they're just stuck in that routine. So they feel like they're not working towards their goal, but they still are. It's hard to see things too when you're, as you said, when you're stuck in a routine. Yeah. We encourage people all the time when you set a goal, like 
a, some sort of big, gigantic, you know, f- five years in the future kind of goal, you have to have a plan in place that you're sort of checking boxes as you go along yeah. so that you can be sure that you're getting there. Otherwise, you get lost in the hustle and mm-hmm. suddenly you have no idea what's going on other than I work six days a week and I'm fucking miserable. And that's going to really take you off track from where you want to be because you're like, what am I doing to myself? Is this all worth it? But if you've got the those, like you said, the milestones that you can mm-hmm. check off, like, yep, okay, I did that. I did that. Then you can see where you're going. Yeah. Yeah. And yet somebody asked me just recently, where do you guys see yourselves going with this podcast? Where do I see this going? Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. I've just been doing it. I've just been <laughs> yeah. living it. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Well, whenever you start traveling again, you're going to be our, our travel podcast person. Oh, I'd love to oh, yeah. this again. Awesome. We're talking to Corey all the way from Nicaragua. It's <laughs> <laughs> brilliant. Satellite podcast. You're a travel person. That's it. It's done. You work for us now. By the way, <laughs> the pay is I'm zero. Down. <laughs> It's okay. I'll be here. Right on. I'm I'm charged up. Uh, this conversation got me excited. Yeah. Are we going to go on a vacation? Can I come? <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Justin, if you're listening, we'll find somewhere where there's tennis. Yeah. Or you can stay home. It's fine too. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much. Yeah, this is a good time. Thanks for uh, finding this cool room for us to sit in. Yeah, thanks, Gord. Yeah, thanks, thanks, he, thanks he works, Gord. He works out of his home too. Oh, that's, yeah? that's his practice room in there. He's got his little ashes of problem clients thing there <laughs> can you please talk about that for a quick minute <laughs> i think i think he said one of his clients gave it to him who like <laughs> gives him issues <laughs> that's funny yeah but that's just the kind of guy gord is Hurry he's like on. that i dig it I yeah dig it. yeah i feel like you guys would love gord well we may have to come back yeah we know and where you live gord not well, me at all exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he's really good. Like he was, our class really connected with him because he he spent like so many years in this profession and then he was looking at everything that he was teaching and he started doing his own research and was like, wait a second, mm. what am I actually doing here? Like, what am I teaching people? So like the last few years of his life has been a lot of research and being skeptical about and like challenging what we're taught, which is what he taught us. So instead of being 15 years into our career and then finally doing our own research, we've all begun doing our own research. And See, that's a that's a really challenging place to be in mm-hmm. because you also have curriculum yes. that's mm-hmm. based on stuff that mm, yeah, isn't quite there, mm-hmm. all of it. But you still have to teach it. You're still responsible for that. You yeah. still have to deal with a, a licensing exam that's based on that material. Oh, that's such a tough... It's tough. He's... And yeah, so like props to him because he's starting to figure it out, I think. Mm. How to find that happy medium between teaching textbook and practice. And then dealing with students that are just like, I just want to pass my exam. Right. Don't give me anything I don't need at this moment. <laughs> yeah. I'm happy I don't do that job anymore. Yeah. That was uh, that was horrible. I'll Can cut, imagine. I'll cut that part out. <laughs> it wasn't that horrible. <laughs> it was horrible. You, you had some good times teaching. Yeah, but, you know, I wouldn't want to do it again. Where were you teaching at? I was teaching in a private career call. I was, I was, uh, there was a, there was a school in the greater Toronto area. They had three campuses and I was kind of overseeing all three campuses. Mm. And it, uh, I can't, I'm unemployable. I've talked about this on a couple of the other episodes. I just, I can't, I don't like rules. I don't yeah. like authority. I think every idea I have is awesome because every idea I do have is awesome. <laughs> and then when I met, when I met with resistance for my idea, I'm like, you guys don't see how awesome right. this is. Like, why won't you do this? Sounds and, very familiar. Yeah, I can't, I can't. It just doesn't work for me. What do I know? Yeah, but that's a that's a plus about our, our profession is we can very true do whatever true. the fuck we want. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right on. On that note. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for having us out. This has been great. Thank you. You guys have been listening to two massage therapists in a microphone. Peace.